0: Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're OK. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Friday, May 12th. Our top story today, a former Kent MP who pleaded guilty to downloading and disturbing indecent images has been jailed for more than two years. Dan has been following this story. First of all, Dan, just who are we talking about?
2: Well, it's Paul Clark. He was the Labour representative for Gillingham from 1997 to 2010. The 66-year-old who lives in Melbourne Road in Wallington in Surrey pleaded guilty to the offences last December.
0: And what can you tell us about the offences?
2: Well, last year, a court heard that between April 2013 and May 2021, he was in possession of and distributed more than 1,500 indecent images. Some were of children and young adults. When he was arrested, he did confess to the crimes, but later, in police interviews, he chose to make no comment. He did plead guilty to all charges in court when asked.
0: Do we have any details from his sentencing today?
2: Yes, so he appeared in Maidstone Crown Court earlier today. When handing down the sentence, Judge Philip Statman told Clark the children pictured are victim's, some of them were clearly disturbed, and that he'd done it for his sexual gratification. He was jailed for a total of 28 months, and he'll be on the sex offenders list for 10 years and subject to a sexual harm prevention for the same period.
0: Thanks, Dan. Clark's defence pointed out to the court that none of the offences were carried out while he was in office and added since losing his seat, he was a decent, hard-working person and carried out work in Africa. Also making news today, trains across the county have been brought to a standstill because of strike action. Drivers who are part of the ASLEF union have walked out after rejecting a 4% pay rise and there'll be further disruption tomorrow as members of the RMT also strike. Scott Brightwell is from train operator Southeastern
1: there's different disruption on both of the days so um on friday the 12th we're really sorry but there'll be no train services on southeastern at all um, and i want to make sure that people are aware of that and can um, check out our website so if you have bought a ticket for travel that you can receive a refund for that um, and that is different to the saturday where there is a limited service operating so we will be operating trains for around about 12 hours between 0, 0700 and 1900. But it is at limited stations, you know, many, many stations will not be served at all on that day. So we really are asking people to make sure they check their individual journeys to make sure if a they are able to make that journey, and b also the onwards travel. So many train operators have got amended timetables on that day. So please check, you know, the end to end journey that you're trying to make. And you should be able to get all the information you need from our website. And you know, we're really sorry for the inconvenience this is causing and we're working hard to operate the best service we can in these challenging circumstances. But it's really around making sure people are aware there's different disruption on different days and check for your individual journey because it may be impacted
2: with um, the the all day friday having no trains and then the limited effect on the saturday will there be a knock-on effect then on on the sunday if anyone's wishing to travel on the sunday
1: so i would ask people to check before they travel on the day of travel but we are expecting a normal service to operate on the sunday uh, but uh, as i say i would like people to check before they travel um, just to make sure they've got the latest information but our, our our intention is to operate a full service on the Sunday. How
2: disappointing is it that negotiations still haven't been resolved for this?
1: Yeah, it's incredibly, you know, we'd like to apologise to customers. We're we're doing the best we can in very, very um, challenging circumstances. you know, we will continue to do the best we can and try and add to services as as this, um, you know, if this continues. But, um, you yeah, know, the key priority for this particular weekend where you've got a change between the set of the Friday and the Saturday um, is key for me to increase in awareness. I would ask that if people are traveling on the Saturday, please make sure you check your return journey home. Trains will be leaving London earlier, you know, trains will be ceasing a lot earlier. So we expect those trains to probably be crowded so if at all possible I'd like customers to try and avoid those so that they can avoid that disruption if they can.
0: Less than half of stations will be open on Saturday. Kent online reports. Our other top stories today, a man's been arrested following a stabbing on Rochester High Street. Police were called to the junction with Star Hill at about half nine this morning. A man was treated at the scene by paramedics before being taken to a London hospital for further treatment. A young boy is having tests to see if his sight has been permanently damaged after being hit in the face by a gate at a playground in Hearn Bay. The four-year-old was left with a swollen eye after it happened when he followed his sister out of the coastal park in Central Parade. The site is managed by the council, who say the gate will be checked to ensure it's working correctly. However, they say they should be held open by adults. The Archbishop of Canterbury has been fined for speeding just days after presiding over the coronation of King Charles. Justin Welby was caught doing 25 miles per hour in a 20 zone in London last October and the case has gone to court because of admin errors with the payment. The 67-year-old's now got to settle a legal bill of more than £500 and he's been given three penalty points on his licence. Now, after announcing earlier this week that he plans to run for London Mayor, Kent Online has been speaking to Kent campaigner Howard Cox. The founder of Fairfield UK says he's never had any political ambitions but couldn't ignore calls for action.
3: I'm here to put in common sense policies to help people And and I'm not a one trick pony either. I want to triple the bobbies on the beat. I want more social housing. That's particularly particularly important for me because my daughter, uh, (laughs) who by the way is a truck driver, she drives a 40 tonne truck. um, She can't buy a house. She's 33 years old. She earns about 40 grand a year, which is not a a small salary. It's quite good, but she can't, there's no chance she can buy a, a property in London. It's absolutely out of question. Instead, she's paying incredibly inflated rental rates And and I I want to help people like that as well. So uh, there you have it, I'm surprised as much as you guys are that I'm doing this, but I'm gonna be 100% committed as I think you know me pretty well, I'll be pretty passionate and committed. But one thing I will do is I will ask the electorate what they want and I won't ignore public consultations.
0: I think one thing we already know is that uh, ULES has been incredibly unpopular and plans to expand it even more so. I noticed yesterday when I was looking at some of your social media that that's one thing in particular you want to focus on. Um, what would be your plan? Scrap it completely?
3: Yes, I'm, I'm the only uh, uh, candidate only, and Reform UK, the reforming UK, only party with scrap ULES absolutely completely. Um, I've introduced or I uh, uh, commissioned a, a, plan, a, a report only a couple of weeks ago from the centre of economic and business research and they came out i i actually asked them how much does ule's cost the economy or has it benefited the economy it was totally independent of me if it came up with a result it benefited the economy i would have i would have published it but what it has shown is nearly 1 billion pounds 800 million at the moment not including every aspect of it, is costing is is a negative aspect of cost to gdp of london london's economy
2: how do we balance up the environmental concerns that obviously an awful lot of people have, but also keeping our economy moving? Because presumably
0: if you're stopping people from getting into central London, that will have an impact on the economy. But how do you balance up the two for those who are worried about the environment and the air that we're breathing?
3: Well, what we need to do and, and, and our, every single driver wants to breathe clean air. Every single person wants to protect our planet. All these sorts of things. We're not all, I mean, I, yesterday, some of the left-winged press, first thing they majored on was they called me a climate change denier. Um, and I, and I, I take that very personally. I'm not a climate change denier. Climate change is happening. But what we need to do is actually balance this in terms of the cost of living crisis, the economy, and all those sorts of things. And there are better ways of actually trying to improve the air we breathe. People forget that in the last 10 years, the HGV industry, the big truckers, have halved their emissions in the last 10 years. And if we had allowed uh, clean fuel, fuel technology to evolve, rather as forcing us into a, a 2030 ban, an edict to uh, a, a dictate that what we should and shouldn't drive into electric vehicles only, and I'm a big fan of electric vehicles, please, all your viewers and listeners, please understand electric vehicles are good. There's lo- there's goods and bads, and there's a cradle to grave issues about how they're produced. All the, uh, We won't go into that now, but there are other ways of doing it there's hydrogen there's e-fuels there's catalysts. all these things are here now but what we're, we're being told is you can't buy a new car diesel petrol in 2030 and you're going to be uh, anyone that has a car that is actually passes the mot and the smoke tests and all the things now is not being allowed to drive into london you'll pay 12 pound 50 plus the congestion charge it, it, it's absurd i mean i've got people like midwives who write to me? Who do double shifts over the 12, uh, uh, you know, over two days, and they pay congestion charge and new lesses twice, but they can't afford to buy a thirty thousand pound electric vehicle? All those sorts of things. We've got to be realistic, and I will fight like mad for clean fuel technology in a clean environment but we mustn't do it at the expense of people's pockets.
0: Despite being a staunch Tory voter for the last 50 years, Howard will be standing as the candidate for the reform group.
3: Kent Online
0: reports Plans for more than 500 homes on the site of a former quarry in Aylesford have been given the go-ahead. The properties will be built near a lake off Rochester Road after getting the backing of council bosses. It'll also include a scout facility so young people can use the area for water sports. A man's been arrested after the chairman of Herne Bay Football Club was hit by a van in Whitstable. There was a huge emergency response, including paramedics and armed police, at the John Wilson Business Park yesterday. Sam Callenders in hospital with injuries, which are not thought to be life-threatening. A 48-year-old's being held on suspicion of dangerous driving. A Gillingham mum says she's having to take her daughter's electric car into a Tesco car park three times a week as a charging point outside her flat isn't working. Amy Jenkins is disabled, and her mum Teresa fought for a year to get one installed in her parking space by MHS Homes. Her carers use the car to take her out. The housing associations say there have been delays getting it set up, but they're working to get it sorted as soon as possible. An Ashford micro pub has closed, with bosses blaming the ongoing cost-of-living crisis. The made-in shut for good over the Coronation Bank holiday weekend. Founder Steve Sitton posted online saying the past few years have been more challenging than he'd anticipated. Ahead of Mental Health Awareness Week next week, an event will be taking place at the University of Kent. The Mental Health Summit is an all-day event which will feature a variety of mental health speakers and charities and it's free to attend. Psychology lecturer Emma Travers-Hill has been telling us why they've organised it.
4: I think what happens with many of us is that we get very busy. We have busy lives, lots of things to juggle, lots of things to think about. There might be lots of people that you support around you. You might be studying and you've got lots of exams and pressures. And I think what we've realised more recently is we just have a very busy life a lot of the time um and that means we don't think enough about actually how we are give ourselves the time to really look after ourselves and do what's going to be good good for us in the long run Um, the other side of the coin is that actually sometimes we just don't want to think about that stuff and so we might engage in people do this differently but it could be box sets or gaming and just you know what i just want to switch off and I don't want to think about the difficult things. Um, so what's really good about you know raising awareness just for a few days is sort of allowing yourself to have that time to go, how am I? How am I really doing? What is most important in my life at the moment? And am I living my life according to these things being important? Do I need to shift things around a bit? Do I need to try some you know, new hobbies or or try and spread my time differently so that I'm actually looking after myself because you can't look after and support other people if you don't give yourself that time too so I hope that that's what this event will do I hope it will be a chance to give yourself permission to have a think about how are you and maybe every year when it comes around to this week you can reevaluate <laughs> how am I how what did I put in place this year that helped or didn't help and let's Start again and sex some
0: new girls. Let's hear now from one of the influencers who'll be there. They've been chatting
5: to Dan. My name is Millie. I am the founder of Sober Girl Society and author of the Sober Girl Society Handbook.
2: Uh, So you're speaking at the University of Kent on Saturday at their first ever mental health summit. Um, Could you tell me a bit about why you're there and what you'll be speaking about?
5: Yeah, so I actually feel really honoured to be asked to be part of it because... I think when a lot of people talk about alcohol, they often focus on the physical health aspect. So I'm actually so glad that for once the kind of mental health impact of alcohol is being spoken about. So that's hopefully what I will be talking about is sharing my story about alcohol and how it kind of affected my mental health. I started Sober Girl Society when I was seven months sober. So that was uh, back in 2018. And I started it because there wasn't really a space for kind of young women or young people in general to kind of talk about alcohol. And although when I stopped, my friends were really supportive, there were so many things that they couldn't really, you know, give me advice on or help me with. Um, And also, you know, I was 26 when I stopped drinking, so my friends just kind of wanted to go out and party. So I wanted to find like-minded other people that I could, you know, say to them, what's your favorite non-alcoholic wine? Because if I said that to my friends, they were like, ooh, (laughs) non-alcoholic wine, gross. And then I wanted to, yeah, find other people that I could do kind of fun stuff with and create a little support bubble. And that's really how it started. And I never expected that it would escalate to where it is now.
2: The theme for for next week. So obviously next week is Mental Health Awareness Week. And the theme that the the charities are are looking at next week is anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. Would you be able to talk a little bit about? Um, alcohol and the effect that has with with anxiety I know some people call it anxiety um, I know there's yeah. there's lots of um, stuff around that would you, would you be able to touch on that a bit more
5: yeah of course so I think with alcohol and anxiety there's kind of the the direct effects first of all so alcohol as a chemical you know can raise anxiety even if initially it kind of chills you out the next day you will get basically your body trying to reset itself so you will get like a real a real spike in cortisol which you know creates anxiety so there's there's the the direct impact but then there's also the kind of indirect impact so for me I was suffering with like blackouts when I would drink so the next day I would be like I don't remember portions of my night I don't remember who I spoke to I don't remember what I said but then it also kind of trickles into every other part of our life so like because I was spending so much money when I was drinking so I was just so loose with my debit card I then had like financial anxiety the next day and I had relationship anxiety with like my friends and my family of like oh did I upset them did I do this and that really kind of permeated every part of my life so and, and there's also you know the anxiety of has someone put up a video of me am I going to be on the mail online sidebar of shame like all those kind of things that that really you can create anxiety so I think there's yeah the direct impact and the indirect impact but I think the main thing is that it's very hard with drinking problems and mental health problems to untangle them because in an in a sense they're a little bit chicken and egg so it's like a lot of people are struggling with anxiety so they drink to feel less anxious but then actually that can then cause more anxiety and then when it causes more anxiety the solution is then to drink so you get into this real cycle of drinking and anxiety and it's very hard to untangle and kind of like work out what's what's causing what
2: you know cutting alcohol out or or you know um not completely or completely obviously doesn't solve the whole picture but what are the benefits you've seen from from that in terms of mental health in terms of cutting back or stopping? What have you seen in people? How have they found that? Yeah,
5: I think so. You're right. It definitely doesn't solve it. When I stopped drinking, I still found myself feeling anxious. But I think the biggest thing is that it's allowed me to actually tackle the root cause of why I feel like that rather than just glossing over it and pretending it's fine and drinking my way through it. So I think not drinking has really allowed me to like tackle my mental health and really pull out all those you know, proactive tools. So, if I was drinking and I was hungover, there's no way I would get outside and go for a walk or call a friend. I would literally close the curtains, get under the duvet. So, it's allowed me to kind of really utilise those practical coping skills and things like go to therapy and talk to people and learn to be more open and and even finding a kind of community that I can talk to other people and rationalise things has been really helpful. And I think I'm just so much like steadier and calmer since I stopped drinking. And if I suffered with anxiety and then I was drunk or hungover it would spiral whereas now if I I feel anxious I can kind of go right okay what do I need to do I need to make a to-do list I need to get outside I need to call one of my friends and I think yeah it's just for me it's made it so much more manageable.
0: Kent Online reports. A Kent counsellor has been suspended for 21 days after complaints about inappropriate behaviour towards women. Alan Marsh who represents Hearn and Sturry made them feel uncomfortable by commenting on their appearance and took one of them by the hand before moving her wedding bands around her finger. He insists his actions were friendly and professional. The conservative group is considering what more action should be taken. A man who smuggled four Vietnamese people to the UK inside a hidden coffin-like hatch in his van has been sent to prison. The Romanian national was paid €6,000 this year to transport the people from Dunkirk to Dover, where he was stopped by border officers. He was sentenced at Canterbury Crown Court and will spend three years behind bars. An investigations underway after dead foxes, rabbits and a badger were dumped in a lay-by in Ashford. They were found by a member of the public on Four Oaks Road last Wednesday. Most of them had wounds consistent with being attacked by dogs. The RSPCA are looking into whether someone's going out hunting for wild animals in the area. Kent
1: Online reports.
0: Our research project aiming to boost the number of trees outside of woodland areas in Kent has been given a funding boost. More urban areas could be transformed using a Japanese planting method designed to quickly increase biodiversity. It's one of several initiatives across the country that have been given a total of £2 million by the government. A special needs college in Tunbridge has been given funding by Gatwick Airport as part of their internship scheme. The Oaks Specialist College provides education and training to young people with learning difficulties and disabilities. They want to improve the numbers, getting into paid work and have been given £5,400. A mystery Kent woman is a million pounds richer after winning a national lottery draw. The draw guarantees to create a millionaire every time, but this special event saw 20 UK millionaires made in just one night. Known only as Miss N, the local winner says she plans to pay off her mortgage, save some of her winnings and have fun with the rest. Kent Online reports. And now, with a roundup of everything going on in Kent this weekend, here's Sam Law
6: The weather just can't seem to make up its mind at the moment. Just when you think you can start planning spring walks and beach days, it turns into grey skies and showers. But we won't let that stop us from having a great weekend, and luckily there's lots going on in Kent to keep you entertained whatever the weather. For many music fans, this Saturday is the biggest day of the year. That's right, it's Eurovision! The grand final of the annual song contest will be on our screens on Saturday evening and for the first time since 1998, it's being hosted in the UK. But you don't need to be in Liverpool to celebrate the event, you can do that right on your doorstep. The live show is being broadcast on the big screen at cinemas in Ashford, Maidstone, Chatham and Tunbridge Wells and there's a free outdoor screening taking place in Folkestone. If you want to find out more, we've got a handy guide to some of Kent's biggest and best Eurovision events up on Kent Online. Now, I do love Eurovision as much as the next person, but I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. If you're looking for something a little more, let's say, sophisticated, you might want to head to the Tunbridge Wells Literary Festival, which takes place over the weekend and continues into next week. There are talks and book signings from incredible guests, including Sir Michael Parkinson, David Williams, Richard E. Grant, Sheila Hancock, Ivana Lynch and Russell Tovey, to name just a few. There's also a Comic Con event and stalls for local and aspiring writers to share their work and meet like-minded people. And finally, for something different altogether, the Kent and East Sussex Railway is throwing a 1940s weekend at its Tenterton station. There will be Lindy Hop dancers, swing and jazz music, reenactments, vintage costumes, stalls from local traders, military vehicles, cooking demonstrations, and, of course, journeys aboard a steam train through the Kentish countryside. You can book your train tickets for this Saturday or Sunday online, or you can buy them on the day. So, whether you're going to be singing along to your Eurovision playlist, or soaking up the words of Britain's best authors, there's truly something for everyone over the weekend.
1: Kent Online Sports
0: Football now and Connor Masterson's been speaking after signing a permanent deal at Gillingham. The 24-year-old's been on loan at the club twice, featuring in 38 league games. The defender will officially join the squad after the summer break on July 1st. He says he's already looking forward to it.
6: I'm delighted to get it done. Um, probably people know that I've really enjoyed my time at Gillingham. It's the last two uh, loan spells So to be coming there permanently and I can't wait. You know, the connection I had with the the lads and the team, the fans, obviously working with Livers and the Gaffer, they've been brilliant with me so I just wanted to work with them again and they've, you know, I just feel such a connection with the club and I'm, I'm really happy and, you know, I've played my best football I think of my career at, at Priestfield so, I wanted to keep it
0: going. And in motorsport news, MotoGP legend Valentino Rossi will be racing at Brands Hatch in Kent this weekend. The seven-time world champion is swapping his bike for cars as he competes in the GT World Challenge Europe. Practice and qualifying will take place tomorrow before two one-hour races on Sunday. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.com